which is Word in Edgewise with R.W. Estella. We usually check in with him on Monday mornings at this time. Every, uh, every 7.30 on a weekday, you hear something a little different, but this is what we do on Monday. Let's see if we can't get R.W. on the phone this morning. Good morning, R.W. How are you? Hey, good morning, Allison. How are you? Just fine, thanks. Maybe it's my fondness for many things Western, as in the Rocky Mountains, the Southwest, and the 19th century in general, on the other side of the Mississippi River, but I always liked the expression, high noon. That's probably why I still like analog watches, too. I value the unambiguity of the high noon-like position of the long hand at the top of each hour, as if standing at attention and stating precisely that it's 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or... 8 o'clock, and so on. That sort of graphic precision just doesn't happen by situating two zeros next to each other. I've been told that many people among us these days do not know how to read an analog watch, and I wonder how the number of analog illiterate people compares or contrasts to the number of computer illiterate people. Every one of us, of course, does not fall into one or the other group, and some of us are switch hitters. And speaking of baseball, Susan Finer, an economics professor at the University of Southern Maine, recently wrote an essay titled, Why Baseball Can Never Run Out of Home Runs or the U.S. Government Out of Money. Finer asserts that although our gross domestic product, or GDP, is approximately $16 trillion, quote, only 7% of the transactions comprising GDP are conducted in old-fashioned money. The other 93% of those transactions take place when clerks in banks, corporations, or government offices type on keyboards, close quote, says Feiner. Therefore, according to Feiner, quote, all money is, is plus clicks and minus clicks, close quote. In other words, as long as we have something to click with, we'll have money. I was thinking about this concept earlier this morning when I opened up today's edition of the local newspaper which did not have any definitive coverage as to whether NASA's one-ton Curiosity rover, after a 36-week, 154-million-mile flight, had successfully transitioned Mars's atmosphere and touched down safely on the red planet. For that confirmation, I had to go to the computer and hook up to the Internet, where on NASA's website, Administrator Charles Bolden had posted on his blog at 1.51 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time that, quote, Curiosity, the largest rover ever sent to another planet, is in place and ready to work, close quote. In fact, the website also had a fresh image that Curiosity had shot of its Mars landing zone. One technology that has been with us for a couple of decades now, long enough to evolve from analog to digital, will be revisited by the Federal Communications Commission sometime soon, if the United States Congress has anything to say about it. Cecilia Kang of the Washington Post reports that, quote, as soon as next week, Congress is expected to say that a year-long investigation by the Government Accountability Office has found the Federal Communication Commission's cell phone safety regulations are woefully out of date. Congress may urge the agency, whose radiation limit rules are 15 years old, to take a fresh look at how children in particular may be affected by radio waves, close quote. Will we soon witness a little 
high noon reckoning by companies such as AT&T, Motorola, and Nokia that have been cajoling senior FCC officials to fight against radiation labeling and disclosure laws in California and Maine? Heavens be, the Perseid meteor showers will be peaking this coming Saturday. And last but not least today, we have the 67th anniversary of the United States dropping an atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Japan, resulting in an estimated 140,000 deaths among the local population. For more on Maine, have a great day.